I, I did just confirm on his Wikipedia page, Obi Trice is his real name. So there were no gimmicks. Hang on. It's a pretty baller name. Mm. No, how? It's his real name, Obi Trice the Third. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Obi Trice the Third. Yes. Hang on, hang on. So not only has there been one Obi Trice, there has been two Obi Trices preceding him. That's correct. Obi, Obi Trice. Obi Trice. <laughs> Which is what he really should have gone with. That was his real name. Yeah, Obi Trice, real name. No gimmicks. He was he was for real this whole time. So were there gimmicks? <laughs> uh, I'm talking some, yeah. Show us, show us the gimmicks. Plenty, absolutely plenty with Eminem, but with Obi Trice, none, none whatsoever. Man. And do you, do you think Eminem, like, do you think he admired that, and that's why he had that at the front of his song? I reckon. I've seen a rich man beg, I've seen a good man sin, I've seen a tough man cry, I've seen a loser win, and a sad man grin, I heard an honest man lie. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station, this is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is Whitey Ford, and I am one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Bringing it back once again, singing it back with me, Nathan Harrison. If we're keeping track, I think I've seen like half of those things. That's a good tally, I reckon. I'm not at a bingo yet. <laughs> bingo! <laughs> I swear, baby, I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes! Just go running out of the airport. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> Adam Butch is here. Hey, how you doing? I was going to say, I've heard like half of those things happen on this podcast. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> we've yeah. seen some shit on this podcast. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just I don't listen to all the other apps yeah. we've put out. You know? Hang on. Hang on. We'll give you a clean break. All right. Welcome back. <laughs> How'd you go? Well done. <laughs> It's now 2022. Uh, yeah, good 120 hours there. Oh, good time. Well, you know what they say? It takes 10,000 hours to be good at something. It takes 10,000 hours to be good at listening to this. Yeah. yeah. Tell us all apart. <laughs> Get the jokes. Know exactly when to pass 15. Yeah. <laughs> you can feel it coming. You can feel it coming. Knowing that's actually all the time. Yeah, pretty much. And the inventor of the plus 15 himself, Andrew McDonald. Thank you, David. I, um, of those things, I'm pretty sure because it's 2019, we all see all of them online, right? Like that's Yeah, yeah that's pretty, pretty true. much. There's, everything is an irony. Mm. I've never seen an honest man online. There we go. Have you could update for the lyrics? <laughs> never seen man. an honest man. The update honest... is just online after yeah. each line. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen an honest man lie. I heard online. an honest man lie online. <laughs> Then you really might know what it's like online. online. <laughs> <laughs> that song's not even next, is it? No. It's not. It's, it's, it's right at the end. <laughs> right at the end. Good forward sell. Yeah. It's what I do, baby. It's yeah. what I do. So let's disco our way out of the fucking 80s. Let's soul train on out of here. We are heading to the great Ration Murphy and her band, Maloko. And right now, at number 80, we're going to sing it back. 
Coming in at number 80 in the 1999 Hottest 100 with the disco classic Sing It Back. Now, we've been having a pretty good run of, of luck with the stuff from this countdown entering into the 2019 echelon. As we uh, discussed uh, a few episodes back, uh, Rammstein uh, were uh, in the countdown and then got into a little bit of hot water in the news. So you can uh, Google that. Uh, it, it's mm. probably quite old uh, by this point. And this will also be c- pretty old by this point. But at the time of recording, the day before this uh, particular recording mm-hmm. the day that we we know as the film yesterday correct <laughs> sing it back was covered on like a version oh really oh Indeed. really by whomst cosmos midnight and i believe asta was uh filling in for royshan murphy because obviously she couldn't be there she lives in scotland what's she up to these days because i feel like <clears throat> i knew the name Roisin murphy before i knew that the lead singer of maloko was Roisin murphy yeah 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 like, she... somewhere along the line i picked up that name there's no way i do I, I looked at the name and then like worked out how to pronounce the irishness of it and yeah i watched a really charming uh welsh person on youtube how to pronounce how to pronounce Gaelic it. words yeah well I mean like Roisin for a start and then a whole bunch of others mm, nice I mean how long did it fucking take us to figure out <laughs> Saoirse Ronan yeah Siobhan oh, oh yes there's no way you Sean? guess there's no way you S- guess S- it I have a friend named no. uh, Sean S-I-A-M yeah Sian Sian no it's fucking Sean <laughs> yeah yes I, I have Irish roots I don't want to badmouth your Irish too much this is just a regular language guys <laughs> <laughs> just a fucking language <laughs> Yes, but but her most recent solo album was called Take Her Up to Monto, and that came out in 2016. Take Her Up to what? Monto. Right. Okay. I don't know what Monto is. Maybe it's a metaphor. Um, Well, it leads nicely into the name of the album that this came from, which was uh, Do You Like My Tight Sweater, which is apparently something that Roisin Murphy said to... Her soon-to-be husband mm. um, oh, as like a pickup was, line. This is off. Um, I'm, I'm not, not a doctor. doctor. First that was, album. That was, was the first album, yeah. right? Right. It still was a real album, mm. and it still was something that she did say. <laughs> yeah. in a very. It's horny a very way. horny thing to say. It's such a horny thing to say. Yeah. That's the point I'm really trying to get across here. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Bright and the other member of Maloko. They're a. Um, yeah. They're one of those bands that are also a couple. Oh, mm. like everything but the girl. Yeah. Yeah. Except hornier. Wow. Yeah. 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 This song. This was from the I'm a Doctor record and. The version that we just heard and that we all like are familiar with is yeah. we all know and love is is a 
serious remix of the original. It, this song was remixed by uh, DJ Boris Dlugosh, mm-hmm. I believe it's mm. not pronounced. Dlugosh. Yeah. But there'll um, probably be some video on YouTube that we can watch. Yeah. Tell us uh, how to pronounce that. And it got chart success after this DJ remixed it and started playing it at clubs. And Roshan has said that when she was writing the lyrics, she said she knew it was a disco club hit yep. when she was writing it but that wasn't for her to do and if you hear the original one it's super goddamn different it's, it's largely just some brushed drumming and just a, a drum kit and her vocals it sounds completely different as you can hear here when you are ready I will surrender take me and do as you will isn't it always a great idea when you have a really successful single that when you release the album it's the, the, that it's, single it's, sounds yes, completely like, different what, oh, what the fuck People love when you do that. It's a good good bit. On paper, I understand it. Because it's like, oh, you already know the single. I'm going to give you something different when you purchase the album. I I, I think that would have been the way that it went for consumers. But for for her, she just wrote this song. And then it was the song on the record. And then somebody remixed that that record. And then it was like, oh, whoops. I guess in all future releases, Uh (laughs) it'll be a bonus track. (laughs) The way she talks about it is she says like, yeah, exactly. I, I knew that the single version is what it needed to be. It's you such. Know, I think that's yeah. so good. That like that's uh. such like good artistry to be able to write something and be like, oh, I know. And that be diplomatic this, about it. Yeah. yeah, this has a different life, like a really successful pop single life, and I'm going to make that happen. But I'm still going to write the song that I want it to be on, on the, the album in, in the place yeah. of the record. It's, it's, yeah. I was thinking about this. It is such a rare thing for a remix of the song to go massive. A couple of examples throughout recent history, we have. Missing by Everything But The Girl. The original, obviously, you know, slow piano ballad and then throw a fucking house beat behind it, boom, mm. straight to the top of the charts. Later on, Brimful of Asher. Yeah, um, yeah mm-hmm. so did okay as its own single, but speed that bad boy up a bit and get Norman Cook on the mix and you have a certified smash. I mean, when we talked about that, I think, Andrew, you and me, uh, yeah. we were like, we're not familiar with this With version. the original, you were like, yeah. oh, what? I hadn't yeah, heard yeah, it. Yeah. Was- and then in the 2020 you got a Four on the Floor by Star Sailor. So that, that remix by the Thin White Duke was way more popular than the original song ever was. And... Hyper Paradise by Hermitude. The Flume remix is one, amazing. Yeah, just fucking took off. I like, ride for that Hyper so Paradise much. Hyper Paradise is sick, but I, yeah, I, obviously <laughs> that Flume remix just took it to the next level. And also the Bob Dylan original uh, Smack My Bitch Up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got, got that second Run life. with picture <laughs> and Smack My Bitch Up. Yeah, the Prodigy really <laughs> made that a hit. Yeah, that, that, that was from... Most people barely know the Dylan. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, that, okay. yeah. well that, 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 that is deep from his, uh, his 80s Christian work. As the lyrics yeah. can show, so it's not really not, not the fans though. But it's like after blowing the tracks, everyone's a bit. Uh. So this song, just to bring it mm. to, to sing it back, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't recognize the name at all. Like, oh, the name of the song, or the name no, of no, the, the, the band. Oh, I, I, I definitely did. I, yeah, yeah, right. And then I started listening to the album version and spent a good three minutes being like, "This sounds like that song that I thought it was, <laughs> but they haven't said the hook yet." And there's all this weird jazz drumming going on. Where, where's it? Yo, Gooba, where's the beat? Well, and I'm just like, <laughs> D- is this a cover? Do I know the cover? What is going on? It's very weird. Yeah, because it, it does sound so different. And obviously this version, like it's definitely a moderate, like a 90s club banger, but it, it, yeah. it, it is pure disco. Mm, it's, like, yeah. it, it is yeah. straight up, like rightly or wrongly, it's wrongly. Disco got 
brushed away as like a niche crappy genre and mm. that isn't the fucking case this is just sincere not ironic disco it's just a disco beat and it works like obviously like this is a super successful song because like it was everywhere right it must have been used in a bunch of stuff or maybe mm. it was just it's just everywhere on the everywhere radio. on the radio right and like, it's still like as someone who has worked on commercial radio for most of my life i it's still i there. came to know this song because it was still in rotation yeah when I was old enough, it's to a super, work on. it's a super safe song. Like I, I imagine, yeah. not Triple J now, or not like a like like I guess they, maybe they could get away with playing it now. Mm. Like there's maybe, yeah, maybe. An, enough niche nostalgia for this kind of beat and this kind of aesthetic in music now because now there's a kind of a more modern appreciation for what disco does well and what this does well as a, a club dance song yeah. you could definitely play it at a club now I reckon oh dude would, it would fucking go it would off, go off yeah. yeah and there's yeah. probably the album version though that'd be oh, funny oh, just to fuck with people and the war against pop is over now you know we won we're, we're going, we're, <laughs> we landed on the moon <laughs> we're going back to all like the, the crates of pop that have been hidden underground and cracking them open being like ah oh, the, this has value. So, what do we think of this track, though? Like, it fucking bangs. It's so much fun. I've loved this song since I was a kid. It's, it's a fucking arresting visual for a kid. Russian just fucking going at it in the fucking little go-go dress, and you're just like, "All right, this is some sort of awakening." I don't know what's going on here, but I'm fucking loving every minute the, of the it. Video? Oh yeah, yeah. Right, I don't think I know the video. You'll know it if okay, you see right. it. Like, it's a very distinct video. It's also very is it, horny. Is it, is it like Kylie spinning around hours? Oh, pretty similar vibe, man, right. for sure. Right. There's just always like the tiny little things in this that I've always like the little frog croak backing vocals. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that in any other song. Or that like acoustic bass line, the say, Oh, that's that's silky smooth, I like that. And yeah, just the groove of the drums and just yeah, that fucking unbelievable chorus. Imagine having something that simplistic and that universal that like you could sing the first line and then have the crowd just fucking take it. Like that is to have the crowd have the crowd have, have the, the sing it there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah this guy's picking up what I'm putting down Jesus there we go everything about it works it's, it's not at all my kind of music listening to it is not a chore or anything but also it's like <laughs> it's a good way to put it yeah but like this is one of those songs that was just so everywhere that like I've, I've heard it and I'm okay with it listening to this in preparation I'm just like I know all these bits I know mm. this song there was nothing revelatory about this listen the revelatory thing was finding out that it was a remix um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And because also, it's not. It doesn't. It's not called Maloko Sing It Back. DJ Boris Dulocs yeah. remix. No. It's just called. It was just Sing called it Sing It Back. It back. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know what else? Uh, DJ Boris Dulocs did. Your I boy. do not. You know, he wrote the Monster Mash. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, huh. sorry, that was Bobby <laughs> Boris Pickett. <laughs> <laughs> He wrote tons of Monster Mash sequels, you know. <laughs> <laughs> are we talking about this now? Yeah, we're talking about the Monster Mash. Um, he wrote heaps of uh, different sequels to the Monster Mash, trying to re- recapture the fame. There's like the Christmas Mash and Monster Mash 2, and he re-recorded the original a bunch of times. None of them obviously took, like a bad organ transplant and didn't take. Um, um, which is suitable because the Frankenstein's, the Frankenstein's yeah, monster. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm with you, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and what also is very funny, one of my favourite niche parts of the internet we'll put this in the show notes because it is very funny and a lot of people have seen it there was this one guy who went on like a Wikipedia editing war tried to include a really extensive plot section for the Monster Mash song <laughs> yes. it's, it's, it's so good it goes on for ages it's so long and it, the, like, the, bit, the bit that I always remember is when it says um, like uh, following this Drac rises up from his coffin which means that he was doing the mash from inside a box this entire time 
Also, when it's like, it's not clear whether Dracula's son is also part of the band. <laughs> oh, that's so huge. Very good. So, what else did DJ Bobby Boris Pickett do? Oh, yeah. Uh, to loop back around to something we were talking about earlier, he did Moose T's Horny. <laughs> Yeah, that checks out. It checks out heaps hard. They're real, like maybe yeah, I, that song I, absolutely say he, he has one thing he's doing here. He's, a, <laughs> he's better DJ than I am at anything, probably. But that's definitely on brand for him, right? If he, His brand he does is that horny. kind of that, yeah, that horny disco nineties two thousand. My brand's horny. It's horny. Oh, oh, the idea is like do one good thing, you're great. Do two good similar things, you're trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> worthless <laughs> artist. It's like, like when a band has like the debut record, you're like fuck, that's good. The second one comes out, you're like, oh, it's more of the same. I guess that's what they do then. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you love the first one. <laughs> Yeah. And there's more content like that now, but you're like, eh, I get it. Yeah, yeah but like this, this has permeated culture so much mm. from the late '90s and through the 2000s and even the 2010s. I'm sure I've heard yeah. it in places. Totally. It's the point where I don't think I need to hear it again. So, mm. I, so I didn't love it. But like, oh, yeah, I, no one's ever going out of their way to hear it. But it's just like it's a radio staple from when we were kids. Yeah, you know? but, but, like, but like obviously, like it works in every way that it sets out to do, right? And obviously, it had enough crossover because it is a straight up pop hit mm. and it got number 80 in triple j yeah like, mm. yeah i mean for me I'm, I'm exactly the same way it kind of falls between a lot of things it kind of gets lost in the in the couch cushions somewhat mm. you know it's not like archetypal enough to be like a groundbreaking song for the time that we can look back on it's not interesting enough that it kind of holds value as a single up against pop music today the one thing it really does have is that it is a nostalgia trigger and that it's recognizable and maybe a little bit horny one thing i can definitely say <laughs> as well is that I reckon if you grew up listening to disco from the 70s and the 80s there's a couple of things that do place it as a modern song but if someone said to you oh had you never heard this track it's from 1979 you could almost believe that it's so on point for the Mm. sound oh yeah even just that you know it was a remix of a 70s song or something you'd be like Mm. oh yeah easy yeah they didn't have to do much yeah yeah Yeah. and it it, it is staggering how much the remix did right like because the original sounds nothing like it yeah yeah like, if you want to wow. say which of those two was the, the remix, original, mm. yeah. I would have gone with that one. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. right. So weird. They'd call it Strip Back Remix or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Naked Mix. Like, you know, the Beatles, Let It Be Oof. Naked. Like that. Mm. Yeah. Horny. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were all jerking off together. Yeah. I just remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paul, what, they why kind you, of were. Why, why would you mention that ever? <laughs> In an interview oh, off know, the cast. just jerking off oh, together, yeah, like, you know? Like, 50 years ago few of us just wanked in the same room together and pull and like oh, yelling out names of people we liked and Ringo wasn't invited. Like so it's weirdly <laughs> to mention an interviewer off the cuff. Now, I guess that's classic on point when you get old you don't give a fuck about things anymore. You just make it weird. Well I'm just glad we could come together. <laughs> come together <laughs> <laughs> It's time to play, once again, number 79, this is Moby, with Body Rock.
Moby coming in at number 79 in the 1999 Hottest 100 with the track Rock Y'all, Now Stark Y'all, To the Beach Y'all, A Body Rock Y'all, Nathan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. You rock the so body. good. You rock the body. I rock this body. You fucking rock right. I'm not it. talking about my own body. I'm talking about the song as yeah. a body. <laughs> Just like super on yourself. <laughs> yeah. I rock this body. Yeah. Well, I guess like, everybody Ladies. does, right? That's all you can do is rock your own body. Yeah. That's uh, the, you can rock the body of others. Uh, cool. This guy knows. Yeah. This man yeah, rocking fucks. your own body sounds like. Real Beatles hours. <laughs> 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 the, the original body rockers were the Beatles. <laughs> I oh, would give everything to them. <laughs> so this, as you as you mentioned, is another track off play. This is much more um, like of the time. I think big beat, oh. way, way more on brand for Techno Moby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah this is definitely. a definite throwback to his past. To the sure. point that even um, his managers were hesitant to put it out because it sounded a bit too much like a Fatboy Slim track, which I get. Yeah, and, and he even acknowledges, like, yeah, I guess. But yeah, this, he this, also this, remember Fatboy Slim made. A fucking ton of money. Yes. <laughs> it's like, hey, this, this sounds a little bit too much like a super popular artist yeah. that is doing banging chart numbers. As like, a music well, industry shit. slob, I don't know if we should release this. Do I want Sk- to buy the neighbouring island in French Micronesia? Yes, I do. Skirting a bit too close to the zeitgeist there, buddy. Watch yourself. Oh, look out. Why don't you write a punk record about animal rights? <laughs> Oh, really good like, yeah. dig on him from this match. <laughs> Why don't we just make a bad decision again, mate? <laughs> <laughs> this uh, heavily samples Love Rap by Spoonie G and the Treacherous Three. Um, really early hip-hop song. Mm. You can, oh, really, it's- the name like that band, the <laughs> yeah. early hip-hop group. I listened to it like, it's pretty fucking good, though. Yeah, right. The oh, original. Yeah. Oh, really? He really just like... Spoony G, of course. He <laughs> d- keeps up a really quick tempo and flow for the whole song. And, and obviously, like, it, it's old hip hop and it feels like old hip hop. But listening to you, like, this dude was bars. good. Yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, right. Bars for days. Moby actually uh, included samples of that uh, love rap song uh, on a really early mixtape as well, like in 81. Right, because this was a song that he, unlike Run On, where well, he didn't it. know the song at all, this is a song that he personally really, really loved. He yeah. had loved for a long time. He cites it as his first hip-hop song that he, like, really fell in love with. Yeah, so and, it's, and, like, it's one of the few tracks on play that doesn't draw from that box set of old Americana yeah. music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The guitar is, is inspired uh, by What We All Want by Gang of Four. Sick. Which is pretty cool. But it's just this is just a great track. It's very uh, sort of late 90s, early 2000s hype techno, that kind oh, of thing. Oh, yes. Mate, you know, a lot of sports packages. Yeah, sport, right? Training montage. Training yeah. montage, baby. Just people like running through like grey streets and stuff. Oh. Like... Yeah. Upstairs. Yeah. And that was our sports tonight play of the week. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's dawn and you're in a grey hoodie, man. Yeah, that's and you're it. Just right. you the pain, man. Or like yeah. it could have easily been in the Matrix kind of thing. Like it's that kind of really hype kind of, you know, gesturing towards cyber stuff as well. Yeah. He definitely like, had something on a soundtrack around this point. I'm trying to remember what well, it was. Well, we talked every- about last year. Every track off play was licensed to ads and TV and, and film and everything. Like, you- This is such an easy song to license. Right? Yeah. yeah. It licenses itself. But it's great. Do it's such a great it song. It's so yeah. much oh, fun. Yeah. 100% it does. It's really interesting because, like, it does have that Fatboy Slim vibe, obviously, but it kind of lacks the playfulness that Fatboy uh, Slim has. 
right. Um, <laughs> and instead, it brings a sincerity yeah. to it, like an earnestness. And it's I think it's all in the in the strings and in the that, you know, like that the, orchestral chorus that when that rising oh. kind of thing. And then the little piano breakdown that he kind of has as well. And I think like that's the Moby part of it. Yeah, and that's what sets it apart from being any other kind of artist because no one else was kind of doing that. High energy, but having that kind of sophisticated sincerity kind of woven in there as well. And what I like as well, like just to go back to uh, the original Spoonie G track, that's like just him and a beat. There's nothing else going on. And the sample that is used in this song, because it's only that one kind of little phrase again and again, that's right at the end of a five minute track. Yeah, when the feeling is good, I may not stop because I make sweet love just as good as a rock. Well, there's rock, y'all. No, I stop, y'all. To the beat, y'all. The body rock, y'all. Yeah, it's right. like a constant rap all the way through. And I'm listening to it, I was like, when is he, get- when's he gonna get to the body rock? <laughs> yeah. And it's right, like, it's like the second last line in this five minute track. It's again, it's just so cool, like, to take that one little bit. And exploded into this huge orchestral track with so much shape and movement. And, and yeah, it's great. I think also this is a very necessary inclusion on the album play because it messes with the formula a little bit. Yeah. Um, it shakes it up. Run on compared to like Honey. There's not a whole lot of distance between those tracks, yeah. for example. And there are maybe like one or two other songs on play for which that can be said. Yeah, but the distance between Body Rock and those tracks is a little bit more. It does. It, it's a different gear. His stuff where he um, samples the Americana. Those tracks certainly like vibe into like that idea that like Moby's the geography teacher who bought a blues record. Uh, um, yeah. But. <laughs> oh, did you come up with that one yourself? Yeah. <laughs> Geography um, teacher? It's a Tism reference. <laughs> Damn. Oh, I, I, fucking hell. I caught him, guys. <laughs> no, hang on. I caught no, him. This, that was last season. No, We're not. Are we still doing... <laughs> hang on. Every year. Oh, for God. <laughs> um, the good thing is that... How many songs did Tism have? <laughs> not Too enough, many. No. Um, yeah, but like with, with this, like I think that there's a bit in this, what do I think really puts it into an even higher echelon than it could be is that point like uh, the three quarter mark where everyone kind of drops out Mm. And then it comes all back in. And I'm not sure if it actually is a bigger mix, but it sounds so huge and it's cathartic. Mm. It's just this relentless, like, oh, yes, we are here. Like, we, we've done the run. We've been with, like, 40,000 screaming fans storming through, like, a concrete, like, barrier, kind of thing like that. And we're here and body rocking. It's just, it's it's a cathartic moment for, uh, for what is surprising because the music isn't, like, relaxed. It's still the same high energy, but it feels like a release. And it's just, yeah, it's a masterfully done banging track and I remember hearing this one as a kid a couple years after it came out or when it had come out and I was still in that reflexive moment where like no I don't like techno I like guitar music like an idiot um, and then but hearing this and being like oh I, I didn't know this was oh right and maybe it does have like later on when I would get on to Discover Gang of 4 I'm like oh that's a fucking sick riff and like it's, mm. it's very similar back to guitar music yeah. Um, yeah. it's funny when he, when he plays this live he is playing the guitar yeah, as, nice. he, as he, as he like that would be the, cool. Yeah. Oh, really? That's really yeah, sick. Yeah, it's tight. Yeah. Um, yeah, Moby's one of those dudes that can play everything. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. The fact that you can meld, like, alt-tool hip-hop, techno breaks, big beat sound with post-punk guitar, and it works so cohesively is ridiculous, right? With, just, with like, orchestral stuff with as orchestral well. With orchestral shit in the yeah. background. How do you... Ah, uh, it's so good. It's, it's so high energy and so dancey, and there's three videos to this song. Like, just the label. Too many did, videos? Yeah, remember, when we, remember when major labels just had that kind of yeah, budget? Yeah, like, make another one for the UK. Yeah, go on, right. do it. Yeah. There's a generic one where it's just close-ups of Moby's face as he's going through somewhere in America and there's one where it's people who are auditioning like a montage of people dancing to the 
beat. I mean, the one that I knew the best, which I thought was like the video, is the one where there's this guy who at the start is talking to Moby. I've got some really good moves. I think you should watch him. And Moby's like super like being Moby, like, okay, yeah, like no energy Moby guy. And then the guy like dances super, super gangly, weird lanky style while there are fans blowing fire into spirals next to him in like a divey little back alley in like somewhere in the UK and it looks so tight and it really suits the song because there's some guy like dancing gangly with no we just abandon like the dance like yeah. nobody's watching pure and then just like a fire tornado behind him it's heaps cool yeah See? tight video and I don't remember that as a kid seeing that video and being like oh this is actually a good song what the hell I didn't think I liked like beat music yeah, yeah. mad tune I loved this. Like, I had play as a kid, and, you know, I spent a lot of time with this track. A lot of, like, uh, big, high-energy, very repetitious songs from around this era, you know? Once that mantra is in your head and you've got it sorted, just like, all right, fuck, I'm in. Let's go. Let's just do this. Like, it is impossible to passively listen to something like this, you know? You can't just be like, hmm, yeah, quite quite nice, yes, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a really important uh, message that's sent across. It's just like, no, the second that shit starts, you are doing the running man and you're going to keep <laughs> doing the running man until one of your fucking kneecaps gives out. Just or you're fucking- hacking. It sounds like hacking, you know, it's hacking music. Oh, yes. It's real um, you wouldn't steal a car. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, uh, hang on, hang on. Look, that makes it sound a bit too doggy. Yeah. That, that, but that is true, Oh, man. you would steal a car, would you? <laughs> I would download the 3D... <laughs> data for a car and print wait, it wait, in wait, 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 small wait. parts using my 3D printer. Hang on, hang on. I'm in. <laughs> the, like, there is, and this is definitely part of my personal biases towards neo-futurist, vapor-wavy, cyberpunk stuff, but God, that old school, like, hacking techno stuff, <laughs> guy in a hoodie, like, yeah. hackers with um, oh, Angela Jolie. Um, that classic the, black and, and like, lime green aesthetic. Yeah, man, oh. it rules so bad, like, pumping techno <laughs> while someone's hunched over a keyboard and there's, like, 12 screens. Yeah. Like, and he's like, he's bypassed the mainframe. Dear God. <laughs> so good. Yeah. It's the best. And this Fucking is amazing. Now. <laughs> so I want to read a little bit out of um, a book that I'm reading. By um, Yeah, I know. I brought in a book to class, <laughs> everybody. This is my book report. Um, Egghead likes his bookie book. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking <No>! got you, <laughs> bitch! <laughs> Woo! So I'm reading a book by Jace Clayton. Um, called that- The Even Greater Gatsby. That's <laughs> <laughs> your pen name. <laughs> Yeah. Um, he's also known as DJ Rupture. Um, some people might know him. He sort of uh, made it big in 2001 with a mix he put online called Gold Teeth Thief, um, which is great. And he's done a lot of mixes since then. But he, this book is called Uproot Travels in 21st Century Music and Digital Culture. Um, if you're interested in like in digital music and culture, like definitely it's really, really good. I like, actually have to borrow that book. Yeah, I like I'm loving reading this book, just kind of about how music operates on all levels now with the internet and all sorts of things. Yeah. But he talks about Moby a fair bit. And this is kind of going back to what I was talking a bit about last time we talked about Moby. And it's definitely more relevant to that song than this song. Um, But I think this is a really interesting passage and not not as in like we're cancelling Moby but it's just like I think this stuff is is interesting like to think about giving up the cancel Moby well, <laughs> get ready to get cancelled Moby <laughs> finally <laughs> one guy <laughs> in 2019 Moby didn't sell out but he did insert his wares into a system that trades on the appearance of authenticity of course black soulfulness repackaged and sold by whites is the very antithesis of what we understand as authenticity but as with play that mediation consistently makes it more rather than less sellable 
The catchiest moments of play are built on the voices of poor Southern blacks recorded decades earlier by Alan Lomax. The blues voices that loop inside Moby's pop-friendly arrangements remind us that the central fact of black authenticity in America is dispossession which makes Play a profoundly American album, and Moby, with his hard-on-sleeve diatribes and full complicity with this complex machinery, a transitional figure. I think that's just, like... Wow. Interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. a point well made. Yeah. So, Moby's cancelled? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. All right. He also talks... Well, we can't ever have good things, so... <laughs> well, we can't, I guess we can't have shades of grey things, so... Nah. <laughs> oh, no, we definitely had shades of grey things a couple of years ago. That shit was going crazy. Remember that? Oh, boy. Pretty he also horny. talks a lot, a lot about horny how... Moby, particularly around this era, promoting play, an album where he licensed every single track, is constantly wearing Minor Threat t-shirts, which is very interesting thinking about Minor Threat being such a DIY band, and even Fugazi more so. It, it looks a bit like Ian McKay. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he definitely does. Also great on Fugazi, because they never made any t-shirts, famously, mm. and then mm. someone was like making bootleg shirts, and then Ian was like, mailed him is like dude come on fuck off don't do this we specifically didn't do this because we don't want people making the shirts and that's not that's not if you know anything about our ethos that's not what we do and then the guy made a sh- change the shirt to say not a fugazi shirt and then Ian McKay was like ah oh, it's pretty funny but you gotta do that with a property this charity and the guy's like all right sure and they're gonna do about a women's shelter yeah. <laughs> it's really cool yeah. it's good yeah. it's good that's a good that is yeah. a good story like it's on that sampling stuff it's a very very different gap between like moby sampling this these black artists kind of thing and and presumably particularly with the stuff that samples the old americana stuff yeah. the original artists they obviously didn't re- didn't get compensation for the, maybe making millions of dollars out of that cd yeah. collection or whatever they're all um, dead weren't they yeah pr- pr- presumably yeah. um and also like it's like traditional music with no ownership kind of thing it's yeah tr- exactly. trad so it's like impossible yeah exactly yeah. but um yeah. what i think is very interesting and like i wrote about this when i was doing my masters but um about how bl- original jazz music was made by black americans but profited by from white label owners like like pretty much exclusively um but then when because the sampling legalities all changed with paul's boutique by the beastie boys because Mm. no one paid attention to it when it was white guys doing it but then when some white guys do it there's got to get the lawyers involved because it's actually part of culture now apparently but like when beastie boys also uh, cancelled no 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 no, no. um (laughs) um but then when like black artists were making hip-hop and sam and reclaiming this jazz beats yeah. that were owned by white people finally like black Im- impoverished Americans are profiting on black American music and that was really fucking fascinating in terms of the ownership of music because legally it was a total grey area then it was just like oh well I guess you can scratch that record up and that's your beat now mm. and that's, mm. that was what they did and that's um yeah very fascinating stuff I think in terms of the ownership of that it's when we put it like the author is dead and that's okay in terms of interpretations of music but in terms of repurposing music it really becomes problematic when the repurposing is done on different power levels mm. um, and different yeah. levels of ownership of like equality and inequality. Yeah, but, but anyway, also, this, song, this song does bang. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, I don't want to go too hard on the ownership shit because this song fucking rules. Yeah, but yeah. I do get that reading. Yeah, yeah. When I go back to you know like connecting it back to Moby, when I when I hear that kind of stuff, I think like now from an academic point of view, like I think it just makes for an interesting conversation. And, yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? It's, I it's, worth having, that, it's, it's worth having discourse around, but it's totally but, that's right. But it's not. It doesn't ruin. It's no, not. It's no. not cancel worthy. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. yeah. For all for all the jokes, like I don't think. Yeah, that it, it no, 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 ruins no, exactly. the song. I think it enriches it in a in a way that this interesting conversation could kind of take place yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. it's song fucks. <laughs> Certified. And number seventy eight. This is the Cardigans coming back with my favorite game. 
Williams coming in at number 78 in the 1999 Hottest 100. That is my favourite game. It comes from an album called Gran Turismo, not the soundtrack for the video game. My favourite game, Gran Turismo. But, but then it was on the soundtrack for Gran Turismo 2. Exactly. exactly. Which is so good. It's like so You're asking for it though. <laughs> well, this is it. Any, I really should have named my album Super Mario 64. <laughs> exactly. Any bands out there who want to, you know, break it big and have a particular thing that they want to break it big on, just look name at, your album that in 2019. Look at yeah. forthcoming games. Yeah. Yeah. All games that, are, that have just come out and are big. And yeah. you're like, oh, they're probably going to make a sequel to oh, yeah. Sekiro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, Andrew, um, I'm, I'm, I hope you enjoy my new album. It's called uh, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Avengers Endgame OST. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that, Bands that, start getting in on that. It's just like Little Dragon have changed their name to Spyro the Little Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that, that's actually that's a fucking tight idea to call yes. your, to call your album just music from and inspired by Roma. <laughs> <laughs> Love to make Maybe. stuff where I know it's like if this ever gets big enough, oh, I'm gonna sure? get the shit suit out of me so bad. Oh my that's, god, that's my favorite thing in the world, man. Like to do these things that, you're, that are legally not okay, <laughs> but it's okay because you're a small artist. But then you get big. That's that. I love that, man. Maybe that's what fucking Will Smith was onto when he did YouTube Rewind. He wants to do the song for yeah. Fortnite. I say what? I say what? Uh, a Fortnite? Uh, a what? I listen to that. He stopped. He, he, he stopped doing movie soundtracks. Yeah, he's he's on the video game, game yeah. soundtracks now. That's the. That's the deal. I hate how much I'd listen to Will Smith doing songs for video games. Yes! <laughs> I would listen to that so much all the time. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Will Smith should do the song for the Sonic movie. Detective um, Pikachu. Get him oh, on that. Oh, shit! Mm. So, I actually had Gran Turismo 2 and played it quite a lot as a kid. Oh, so, you knew this song. So, I knew that song. Yeah, nice. So, I like have a really strong nostalgic attachment to this song. Like, Playing on the PS1. Oh, it was PS1. Mm. Cute. Wow. Real pointy cars. <laughs> Real grainy, pointy, pointy cars. cars. Yeah. <laughs> but at the time, I was like, man, look at those digital cars. And this, and then this is playing in the background. It's like all these sleek, yeah. Like, yeah. like, oh, this is my favorite game. <laughs> yeah, it was for a little while. Mm. You know, I moved we on were, to was Tekken. It, was it one of those games where, like, you know, when, like, mm. race, race, racing games would have, like, you would finish and then, like, there would be the really badly animated like four frame like bikini babe like waving the flag oh yeah no no Gran like, Turismo was a very sophisticated racing game it was right. a, it actually marketed itself later as a driving simulator as nice. opposed to a racing game yeah. and like you, Darryl, but you like, start you start it's, by it's, like, it's much like Mario Kart Double Dash yeah. <laughs> the sophisticated thinking man's yeah, racing, racing game, game. <laughs> Correct. Uh, but it's like you start in Gran Turismo like by buying like a shitty Datsun and then you just like you race against other shitty Datsuns and by the end of it you've got like you know a rocket. Yeah. Just <laughs> just a rocket on the road just like yeah, immeasurably get, get. fast can't turn. No, it's just like you'd burning you'd, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Bow, bow. <laughs> that's, all, that's all you get to hear. Bow, bow. Winner. Yeah. What a hook, though. Like, yeah, it's really in the good. History, in the history of uh, non-lyrical hooks, like it is absolutely unequivocally up there. It's up there uh, with a wow, wow, a wow, wow. Yeah, exactly. Like we are dealing with, you know. A time where you got to have a big chorus every, that everyone knows. Like, it's very intriguing to have something non-lyrical be the centre, like, rolling thing throughout the whole song, mm. which I find really interesting in, like, the realm of pop music, 
And that's the thing I've always appreciated about the cardigans. Just because, I guess, because of their upbringing and their, like, cultural surrounds, you know, like, not immediately being, you know, in the centre of, like, American culture. To see, you know, from afar, they're just like, okay, so what if we take that and we do this? And, you know, they're always kind of left of centre thinking, which I find really, really interesting. You can get that through a lot of their records, I feel. Like, they've always been a really interesting pop band like even in the late years like well past the point of them having hits or anyone giving a shit about them they got some fucking great tracks that like if it was released by anyone else you're just like that could have been a massive hit they just got some like really interesting way of dealing with melody and like uh just making it sound like a like a like a band in a room you know which is tough to do in pop music and yeah there's just something about this song that is so inherently accessible and catchy and just like sticks in your head and you fucking go with it and again it's similar to body rock in the fact that there's no sitting down for this bad boy you are fucking in and you are going boom off you we are off to the races quite literally with this song and that's why i love it if i was to explain to anyone that there was more to the cardigans and loveful this is the song i would show them to explain that i can see that there's a lot here to really appreciate i guess like you're right david the fact that the the don't do now is the hook it's really yeah. interesting but I, I actually had some time for the um the way she does i'm losing my favorite game like she sings that very very nicely yeah, like it's yeah, all, yeah yeah i think i knew this song but i don't super have many memories attached to it but i didn't know there was this to the cardigans so, yeah, so sure. like that proves your argument right like if you like, there's more to them than love fool and the tom jones cover of burning Sorry, house St- don't make that joke <laughs> we, we know we know who tom jones is he's the greatest no, human to ever no you gotta say it properly tom, tom jones, jones tom jones. jones he did the best version of oh, burning down the house oh, with the cardigans I don't know why I thought we would get through talking about the cardigans without someone triggering me over that. Hey, look, it's not you unusual. It okay. yeah, I didn't bring up the slander. <laughs> <laughs> didn't bring up the libel. Take it outside. Take um, it outside. It's just, you can't argue with the facts, man. <laughs> but I know you can't. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> I'm glad we agree. Um, yeah, yeah, the um, Tom Jones version. I, no, <laughs> I want to remain friends with you. Um, I want to say I want to check out the cardigans. I'm not. Um, you absolutely like, not. Yeah, I didn't know they had this to them. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fun. I'm the same. I'm like I don't. I don't think I knew this song mm. at all. I'm like this is this is fun. It's rocky. Like you said, the moments where it kind of lets up are really really nice mm. and. I think had a lot of depth to it. Just a classic car song. It really yeah, is. It's, yeah. it's very real, ready to go. Real, yeah. You know, that's right. Real drivey. I wonder Maybe what roller coasters this was used on. Uh, I, don't, I think it's. I think it's too classy and sultry to be on a roller, roller coaster. coaster. Yeah, true. Yeah, teacups. <laughs> and then I wrote them again. <laughs> Just like imagine vomiting heaps hard to this song. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, we talked about multiple videos. For Moby and Body Rock. This yes. track also had multiple videos. And this is a bit of a weird one. Because. It was one of PS1 videos. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. it's just like them a in simulator. like. Simulator, yeah, yeah, yeah. PS1 gray. Yeah. The videos were all around the same theme. It was always like Nina Person fanging it in a car, you know, very much staying on theme here in the Mojave Desert. Yeah, that's what right. I've seen. Um, but driving really, really recklessly, like that's the kind of the whole point of the thing, and so it attracted a bit of controversy. People being like, "Well, you you know, like, you're just promoting driving." This is before Fast and Furious. Several, yeah, yeah. several years. Yeah. yeah. So okay, obviously, like society relaxed its standards. <laughs> 
on that somewhat. And we got seven great fucking movies, baby. I'm calling it this. None what, of those would have happened. What one do you hate? I'll leave that up for the listener to decide. Oh. <laughs> Look at you fucking knowing off the top of your head how many Fast and Furious movies there are. It's not hard. Na- Nathan's a they big literally no- called it the fate of the furious. <laughs> F-A. Most of the numbers are in the name. Nathan's a big fast head. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Love them. Great movies. They're about family. Right. Cars have families in this world. What I'm saying it's is... It's like cars. Right. <laughs> it's the live-action remake of Cars. <laughs> I don't think we'd have Cars or any of the Fast and the Furious <laughs> movies if we didn't have the film clip to the song. So I anyway, mean, the differences come in the horrificness of the car crash that happens at the end of the the clip and it goes from anywhere as wild as like Nina gets decapitated and there's blood everywhere to like she just drives safely away <laughs> like and it's just like the they one make I saw. all these different weird versions where bad things happen it's very is this cool is this cool is yeah. this cool the, the one I saw um, has her she puts a, a large stone on the pedal of the of the car and it drives around so it's very unsafe don't yeah, do that very don't, unsafe just don't do it um, at the end her car explodes and she's sitting there on the on the road and she's like like looking kind of like relieved that she hit there and then the rock falls from above and conks her on the head what? I guess it exploded upwards, and then it. Went, so, drew, you fell. know, not obviously not the first idea they came yeah, up with. It fell perfectly vertically down, and conked her on the head, like a cartoon, like a, very, very a cartoon. Much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Roadrunner runs past and goes. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a big um, lump comes out of her head, and she holds yeah. up a sign that says "Ain't I a stinker?" Well, yeah. <laughs> There's little birds dancing yeah. around. Yeah. In one of the versions, she turns to drive down a tunnel, but it's just painted on. Yeah. <laughs> And then, oh, she, yeah, and then she yeah. rolls up. Yeah, as, as she uh, gets thrown from the vehicle, there she's saved because she smells a tasty pie on a windowsill. <laughs> and, 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 and then the sex pest skunk turns yeah. off. And it's just like, oh no! Uh-huh. No, he's in the love full clip. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. And you can find out all about it in my brand new album, The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> Seventy-seven. It's Bob Marley teaming up with Funkstar Deluxe. A very, very one-on-one collaboration there. Uh, this is a song called "Sun Is Shining." Making his debut in the in, in the history of the last 100. Yeah, there he is. Uh, there he is. There he what, goes. What, fucking 20-something years after he died? I think he's going places. Oh, uh, look. <laughs> Right. Yeah, him I and think he came through unearthed, and oh, so yeah. <laughs> you know they literally unearthed him for yeah. this song. 
Woo! Yeah, I set that up. I feel bad. Uh, so Bob Marley uh, being uh, kind of remixed and reintroduced to the world uh, via Funkstar Deluxe. Mm. Well, of uh, course, this- everyone knows um, the Danish <laughs> producer famous for this and also uh, remixing Tom Jones. He did. He did it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What it's song? Re- Wait, uh, Tom Jones? Tom she's, Jones. A, she's a lady. Mm. Oh, that would have been sick. It's outstanding. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> I assume, you know, and perhaps I'm, you know, putting too forward my idea of this DJ. I assume it's the exact same, same. thing. Yeah. With Tom yeah. Jones. She's a lady. So, yes, uh, number 77 in the 1999 Hottest 100. The song is called Sun is Shining. I remember this song. Like, I remember, like, watching it on Rage and shit like that and being like, oh, cool, someone remixed Bob Marley, who I vaguely know because I'm eight but like I don't remember the context of it happening was it one of those just random things like you know with like Run DMC and Jason Nevins where it's just like we're bringing this song back and there's nothing you can do about it it was a bespoke remix well this importantly was the very first time that the Marley estate officially ticked off on a remix of a Bob Marley song yeah right because in, in the years since he died because his music was so huge and he's like he's the reggae guy and being like a black artist his music was prone to sampling and it was sampled and remixed in a lot of unofficial mixes and at club nights stuff like that but That's right, you're yeah. right this is the first time that the state was like you know what we'll give the thumbs up to this one and that opened the gates for many more in the next couple of decades or whatever and I'm just gonna say I don't know what offers they had before the Marley Estate for the remix of this song but um Really? You said yes to this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, right. You, you, you said, this is the one. This is the one we're going to do it. It starts off and you think, okay, and it's not so bad. <laughs> and then you're just like, all right, it literally doesn't change at all. Like, it's not an amazing beat to begin with. No. But like, okay, the volume dips a little bit in the beginning. <laughs> like, he does a bit of the fade away, bring it back DJ thing. <laughs> But that's literally yeah. all that happens. This is this is unbelievably crappy. Yeah, it sucks. This is this is, this a really, is this oh is my a, god. The, I remember hearing this as a kid, and I remember thinking, like, not knowing the context of it. All my parents, actually, my parents did have a bunch of Bob Marley records, yeah. which I later would want to enjoy. But this put me off looking up Bob Marley. Do you, so you remember this as a kid? And I'm, being like, like, oh, I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know who these people are, but I'll make sure that I don't look at those names and check it out. That yeah. sucks. So we, we <laughs> talk a lot. Like, damaging for the estate. Yeah. <laughs> we talk a lot about the opinion of people who, like, you know, when you're growing up and you like rock music, you like guitar music, and you think of electronic music as being artless. Yeah, well, it turns out sometimes it fucking <laughs> is. Yeah. Like, and this is the perfect example of that. It's just, like, hacky vapid just like absolutely nothing else going on it's predictable it's it far from recontextualizes the work that it touches which is what moby kind of does right at least you can say that like he mm. he brings it and and creates something new and really builds yeah. around it no this is like this is like antimatter this like actively erases any meaning that there was in the sample that it uses this is anti-art this is destructive it's weird to think of this happening at the same time as Moby and Fatboy Slim and all these other artists that are so good at sampling things yeah and building songs around existing stuff yeah like the sample work that this does he obviously just had an acapella version of Sun is Shining yeah and then just like gave it a little bit of reverb and changed uh, put it through a little bit of a phaser 
and then just put it to his own like his own, his own beat. really average and, yeah, bullshit and, like, beat. and what, what sucks about the fucking beat is that it just like electronic music I, I know there is a point <clears throat> to repetitive electronic music and also repetitive music you know, I like some very repetitive music yeah but when this starts it's just like there it is and then that's there that, it is. That's the there song. There it goes. Hope you like yeah. this because yeah. this is, this is, this is, is it. Get used like, to it. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly on brand for that um, sound of that kind of Euro mm. techno sound, like as compared to American sample culture or what was happening in UK sample culture. This is very much of that Euro sound, and yeah, like it's it, true, it, yeah. It, but it, it, it's but it's crappy, we've, man. We've heard, Duff, we've heard what? Yeah, Duff Duff Punk, Punk at this point. Yeah. That even years ago, Lucas with the lid off was like. Swedish, right? Like Swedish, really sample heavy. Like that was super fun. Like there's just no craft in this. Yeah, yeah, this is a real fucking stinker. And like, like, what? Like the sad thing is that it did put me off looking up Bob Marley, man. Do you think so? On that, do you think that saying yes was like somehow a tax ploy or something by the estate? It's like if we can get Bob Marley esteemed down. Somehow, well, I, I know like, that they pulled like a, the producers thing. The US, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the like obviously like. Are Bob you Ma- saying this is his springtime for him? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was almost like, damn you, fuck cider locks, because you robbed me of liking Bob Marley a little bit earlier. Like, because like, I'm not a huge reggae head. Like, I think you're famously like, not. Everything about this, it doesn't even have a semblance of why reggae is enjoyable. It's not like no. It's not like when you sample a hip hop song and you're like, oh yeah, I can recontextualize the beat for a modern audience, and it still makes me appreciate the beat. Yep. Nothing about this. It's not like reggae fusion or stuff. No, nope. it's just Swedish or like Euro house music, yep. but done really, really crappily. But you think about like the original song and like this, you know, this really lovely song about like sun up and like it really feels like an opening. Like yeah, here I am. He, like, you know, yeah, here I am. Like the kind of empowerment that you can find spiritually at the start of a day or whatever. Yeah. It's like. There's material in there to build a good dance song around. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can make a sunny, shimmery dance song that really opens up and, and or even feels just, good. Like having like a, a big beat and having Here I Am be a hook. Right. Like that, that works for a fucking club. Great. That works for a club banger. Here I Am. There's material here. Like yeah. it, it shouldn't have been as hard as Funkstar has made it look. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, so, you know what? Oh, I could do it. Once I finish doing the She's a Lady remix. Yeah. Oh. This is a stinker, man. It's a real stinker of a track. Yeah. You know what the fuck thing is? He tried the same shit like a, like a year and a bit yet later. He made another fucking Bob Marley remix. With what? Wait, oh, they man. said yes again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? How fucked oh, is look, that? You know. Remix me mm. once badly, shame on you, but remix me <laughs> twice badly. <laughs> what I was going to say before I sidetrack myself, as is my want, um, <laughs> I was saying, like, I'm sure that the estate was very complex, and at this point, I'm not sure how much money they were making. So, like, mm. a big enough name, it was popular enough, the estate perhaps needed some money, and that's, I can see why they would say yes to it or anything like that. Because this, 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 this doesn't tarnish, and it did put me off looking him up, it doesn't tarnish the legacy that Bob Marley was a legend, right? That's like, true. <laughs> no, he's still pretty widely regarded mm. as a legend. Yeah. yeah, so I hope his wives and children got some money out of it. <laughs> That's all Again, I can hope. Again, they're also doing just yeah. fine. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the song was Rainbow Country. He uh, remixed that in 2000. Uh, it hit number seven on the US dance charts. So no, I'm not going to listen to it. You know what? Yeah. Neither am I. Yeah. It's not great. And neither is neither is this. Like, you know... This is just very, very unimaginative and very uninspired. And considering the original artist was so original and inspired and such like an innovator within his field, like a standard bearer, 
you know, when people think of a genre, they think of a person. To have that level of control and power in your own musical legacy, that's a lot. You know, you can't say that about many genres. Like, there isn't, like, one rock artist or, like, one pop artist. Yeah, or or there will be contention for it. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. But it's unequivocally... You you wouldn't want someone who says, I'm really into reggae, but I don't like Bob Marley. Yeah, right? He perfected Imagine being that much of a fucking purist. That'd be fucking... That'd be a good bit. I actually know what... (laughs) (laughs) What a shit show. What an absolute shit show. (laughs) It's just as well that, like, anything with Tom Jones in it is automatically good. (laughs) And can't be tarnished because Would of the power you, of Tom Do you want to hear Jones. that other remix? Or I have you, heard oh, that okay, remix, right. and you know what? It's just fine because of Tom Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Jones, Tom Jones. Tom Jones, Tom Jones. <laughs> At number 76, this is Everlast with What It's Like. Number 76 in the 1999 Hardest 100. That is the song What It's Like. It is from the album Whitey Ford Sings the Blues. Everlast, of course, best known for his time in House of Motherfucking Pain. Alongside the great DJ Lethal, later of Limp Biscuit. So... Yeah, it's some extremely David shit right there, you know. Yeah, Everlast uh, branching out into a solo career in the late 90s after House of Pain have uh, jumped around to their heart's contents. They packed it up and then packed it in. And then he saw his solo career and said, let me begin. This is an interesting one. I got to admit, hearing the explicit version as an adult is a surreal moment for me because... I don't know if anyone else is across this, but, like, this song was all over radio back in the day, but it contains many very explicit references to sex and drugs and violence and guns and lots of bad things that we can't talk about on the radio. Mm. So there is a heavily edited clean version out there where they didn't change the lyrics, not beep to them out even. They put in a bunch of like random noises over the top of it. Yeah, I know like, those ones. Like <laughs> siren whales and like... <laughs> yeah. And curtain off. Is- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The one I always think of is in the, the radio safe version of um, Bloodhound Gang's Burn Motherfucker Burn. Like, burn mother. Yeah, burn. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So, like, That's hearing. So stupid. Yeah. 
It's a bloody I expect game. better from them. <laughs> so just, just hearing this as it was, like, for the first time in years, I was just like, I kept expecting, like, because I had those cues in my head. I'm just like, oh, where's the siren whale bit? Oh, no. Oh, wait, they just censored the word green because it was a reference to weed. <laughs> like, okay, fair enough. You know, it's some extremely G-rated shit. I feel like there is a really, really good song in here. I don't know necessarily if this is it, like, because it's handled with all the deft, like, subtlety of a man who rode jump around. You know? <laughs> like, a man that has jumped and jumped up to get down. Like, writing a pro-choice song as well with a, song, a pro-choice verse in the in the second verse. Yeah, that's true. You know, like, in the, in the 90s, you know, like kind of a controversial thing like there's that's still an ongoing debate and like sympathizing with homeless people you know so moralistically like it's very very much there but it's got all the fucking heart and subtlety of a fucking hallmark gift card you know you know what i think that's okay i'm gonna come straight out and say that this song was i'm probably not gonna have a bigger nostalgia trigger than this song this is maybe first download Oh, Whoa. true. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Explicit version. So oh, I was... you got the explicit version. Yeah, oh, yeah. You'd know the Power of Femme version that I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, of course I would, yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Wah, yeah. <laughs> it's stupid. And it, it's like, what, even when I was playing it on radio at that time, I was going like, this is pointless. Why would you even <laughs> you just play turn this Turn the mic song? back on. <laughs> this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I've listened to that station. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if we've got, like, The Purge, you still got your radio job, but just... <laughs> This fucking sucks, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that even now, when I go back and listen to this song, and like, who knows? Nostalgia rots your brain. Oh, it um, does. It really so like, does. I can't look at this objectively. Yeah, but no. I I'm, I'm the exact same. Think I, I'm trying to be as like deft as I can here. You know, like it's. It, but you, you'll agree, it's fucking tough. I think this is a legitimately good song. I think this succeeds. Yeah, right. I think like you know, you don't want to have a lot of depth to it. You just want to have a couple of neat mean verses mm. with you know like actually pretty well delivered which is just like all oh, right you can tell this guy was in an actual rap group before he did this project <laughs> this could be the kind of thing that someone who had never rapped before attempted to do but it makes all the difference that this guy knows his way around beats bar, and, yeah. a, and a rhyme scheme and things yeah, like that yeah, you yeah. can kind of hear and adding that. that sense of melody too i think the beats fucking like tasty and i think that like acoustic guitar kind of hook is really really nice I yeah think, yeah like, yeah the way I think what it sets out well, to it's do in D minor the most depressing of all the chords I think <laughs> what it sets out to do it it achieves it's just that whether or not you're interested in what it's setting out to do and I think it being a really accessible really understandable pop song is part of that it is what it is and my brain is rotted from nostalgia <laughs> I, I hadn't heard this not doing a bit I, I seriously That's hadn't wild. heard this never heard of Everlast looked him up I'm like oh my god it's the guy from House of Pain that's doing this yeah right like because it sounds I never knew it was the guy from House of Pain until yeah. I looked it up for this mm, yeah. So, really yeah I never yeah. knew that but I, as a kid I didn't know what House of Pain was either surely you knew Jump Around yeah but I didn't know the names I didn't know of the, the- yep the yeah. people in the band that did jump around like, <laughs> jump around that's as far as it went yeah. Um, yeah. so to me I'm like, like I'm with you that I, I, I think he went into this with every right intention he was trying to do something that was like sincere and just like like hard on your sleeve like man the world's kind of garbage and that sucks and yeah, things, right. things could be better kind of thing like that right right but like I think this just sounds fucking terrible like, I fucking hate it hey yeah, I really hate it so bad yeah. okay right. I for one am shocked like super dorky white <sighs> as shit I think as a kid I was probably like oh this is cool like this you know but yeah, yeah. No. I'm stuck in that man Maybe. yeah dude same yeah it's, uh, I don't know it's a, it's a tough I don't know one. what's changed maybe 
I have no more time for white, blues, smug, sanctimonious, you know. With a hip-hop beat. With a hip-hop beat. That's probably it. Well, white people are cancelled. It is well documented. It's just shit. It's just, right. I hate it. Honestly, listening to it just for the for the prep, it was I, I almost didn't finish it. I was just like, I know what this song is. And I did. I didn't have to finish it, but I did. <laughs> well, I turned it on and I was like, all oh, right, this song. And I just got really, it just made me mad. Okay, question. Yeah. Mm. What is the difference between this song and The Kids Aren't Alright in terms of the the aim i don't have a problem with the intention of this i think he was sincere in his intent yeah my problem is that the execution is dorky white boy folk rap like <laughs> yeah okay i think there is a different i think in the kids aren't all right it's like man i grew up in this place when we were kids it seemed like everything was fine and i look back on it now and all these people have not it made it out, out or whatever yeah. that sucks this song is like man have you even thought about that other people experience emotions too and maybe you need to check yourself this homeless guy it's, it's little- moralizing in a way that kids aren't all right never does mm, okay. kids aren't all right it's like yeah, man sure. this thing happened it's shit this is like it's a little bit we live in a society a little bit yeah <laughs> okay oh, i don't know like you, i'm not mad that anyone else likes it and like you said like we're all poisoned from from birth to like shitty pop songs and you know and to have nostalgia ties to things that are awful, but oh, I, just, you, you I know, just hate it. You know what? I could. There's actually a really strong argument for this being the first hip hop song I liked, which kind of sucks. <laughs> oh, that man! It, sucks. Hard, it sucks man. unbelievably. That sucks. It? <laughs> think, I just that just occurred to me now. It's like this oh, is no. the first. To yeah. be fair, it's not it's not hip hop at all. So you're all right. There. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're safe. It's yeah, true. I, I'm sure I'm part of a community though of people who for whom that's true. Like, I'm sure. Yeah. There's a, there's are, a, are you saying you live in a society? <laughs> Maybe if you walk a mile in my shoes, yeah. <laughs> Andrew, you might not want to slap. You really would. <laughs> this conversation has kind of like lifted the veil a little bit. <laughs> Don't you hate that? Yeah. Yeah. When you come in so sure of yourself oh, and then everyone else is like, this fucking blows me I don't out. have it often. Uh, <laughs> I know you've been in this chair a lot of times, dude. Yeah, it's you've true. Been, and then all of a sudden we start ripping into it and you, well, you now know. you're sharing a chair. Yeah, a and I'm just like, all right, we fine, are, you yeah. win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of feel that way as well. It's like, I guarantee that if I was in your shoes... And having not heard he, it, yeah, he having would, not he heard would it, know what it's, you would know what it's like. I would know what it's like to hear this and hate it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, as it stands, you all don't know what it's like being male, middle class, and what. Yeah, have some idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we all do. Yeah. This was new to me as a person. Like, yeah. I, that's I had, so strange. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you, you know, like uh, put your lights on at least. Oh, do put your lights that, on. Is that him as well? Yeah, the song with Santana. Santana. No. Hey now, all you lovers, put your lights on. And Santana's all like, lights boom, 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 boom. That was on, it was on the same album. It was, yeah, his, it was his, a supernatural album. Yeah, so yeah. that was that and Maria Maria and mm. Smooth. Like, and, then, and then he goes, Millie, 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 wee. Yeah, as he was wont to do. Yeah, and, then, that, and then the other bit, he goes like, that period from We don't like- talk about that song, but we do talk about Everlast another time. What? <laughs> Are you serious? Do we talk about smooth? I it was oh, with a heavy heart. Is with a heavy heart. I am serious. <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't think we talk about smooth. <laughs> right, right. So this is good. Like this is good. This is a carving a nice redemption arc for me because I guarantee you I would not have heard that song, <laughs> and I can go. I can. I can be Andrew. You can go ham on it. Go ham. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no. Ham Drew. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of uh, not ham, but beef, um, if you want to know about the widest feud that has ever happened in hip-hop yes, history... Yes, here we go. Eminem v. Everlast 
feet, Ooh. limp biscuit. <laughs> Some good shit. I was hoping the feud was going to somehow be between Everlast and the feud between um, Moby and Eminem. No, 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 no. Friggin' cunt. <laughs> That's uh, why. Kill, uh, Sun Kill Moon and um, oh, War and Drums. 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 That's a pretty. He has feud. a problem with that feud. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, it all started because someone perceived that someone else didn't say hi to them at an awards show or a concert or something. Right. Just, just like snipes in lyrics did, that went on for yeah, way did, too did long. Did M ever name drop Everlast like he did with like Limp Bizkit and Moby? Uh, he's, he he sub, he did some very obvious yeah, subliminals. Yeah, there's right. some line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know how Limp Bizkit got involved, but he did. <laughs> DJ Lethal, <laughs> man. He's, he's the connecting. Right. He's the connecting thing between yeah, everyone. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm not going to detail every part of that because no one has time. But if you if you have time, <laughs> find something else Get to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you might really know what it's like. Yeah, then you might go vol- like. volunteer. Yeah. <laughs> if we can do any good <laughs> from this song, it's like actually get involved in your community. Join your union. <laughs> All right, mate. <laughs> that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s. And thousands. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to FBR Radio for having us before we get out of here. We are picking our favourites and our least favourites and continuing that ever-continuing story about the carryover champs and the carryover chumps. You know what, Andrew? Because you've been such a contentious firebrand today, (laughs) you're going last. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. Adam, you go first. I've I've been a good boy. Yes, you have. (laughs) Yes. You know what? This is how poisoned my fucking brain is. I didn't write down what my favourite song of the episode was because I was like, I'm tossing up between a few and one of them was fucking Everlast. So, like... Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. It's absolutely not. I double dare you. Do it. No, I'm ashamed. I need help. No, the best is obvious. Moby and the worst is obviously Funkstar Deluxe and the new chump is also Funkstar Deluxe yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. fuck yeah. that shit man uh, so my champ damn. remains yeah my champ remains run on yeah yeah. so my favourite game is my favourite track from this episode and Sun is Shining is my least favourite new champ new chump boom go. let's go fuck him up Socrates exactly <laughs> I'm dabbing on these haters yes Body Rock is my favourite from this episode, but I'm going to stick with Run On. Everlast is my least favourite, but I'm Ooh. also going to stick with Every Morning. Yeah, uh, mm. They're all shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favourite is also, of course, Moby. And oh, I'm going to have to give it my new champ. I think it's a touch better than Run On. Yes, um, nice. My least, my least favourite and new champ is definitely fucking Funkstar Deluxe ruining Bob Marley. So the, uh, the, the consensus is that Moby can't get stopped by Obi. No. It's true. Mm. Yeah. Obi, leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there's Eminem. Stop encouraging Obi. I'm sure Obi's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, maybe Obi doesn't want to stomp on yeah. Moby. Well, I guess he's saying he can. If Obi were inclined. Well, it's could, right? You could get stomped by Obi. So who so, would win? Yeah, well, Moby like, or Obi? Yeah. <laughs> you got to remember, like, a line before, he also goes for Chris Kirkpatrick, like, the least memorable member of NSYNC. Yeah, Thanks for reminding me who the fuck he was. No. Did you say you got to remember that? Because I <laughs> often don't remember that. <laughs> That's what he's famous for. Literally. Like, a line in the name of him song. Like, everyone else had at least something notable happen to them. Justin Timberlake became Justin Timberlake, Joey Fatone, <laughs> Joey Fatone became guy from My Big Fat Greek Wedding and the singing competitions and shit. JC Chuse had minor solo career and that fucking great song with Basement Jacks. 
uh, Lance Bass came out and also tried to become an astronaut. The and Chris two. Kirkpatrick could get his ass kicked yeah. worse than them little Limp Biscuit bastards. <laughs> that was his one claim to fame. So there Limp you go. Biscuit, there you go. That's part of the uh, that's part there of the feud, right there. Hey, there yeah. you go. All right, we are gonna continue on through the seventies uh, next time around. But until then, on behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. Bye. Mr. Adam Buncher. Hey Nathan, you sound so tired. Oh, all the songs are <laughs> shit. <laughs> Bye. Every song's shit. See ya. And on behalf, regrettably, <laughs> of Mr. Andrew McDonald. Well, good night, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> My name is David Chen Chung. Everything is cancelled. ball you just found. It's, ball. it's Adam's oh, ball. Perhaps you'd like to bounce yeah, it. I would. Yeah. I give it to you and look, <laughs> you, the beauty of a ball is the past. Oh, well, I wasn't like ready. But the beauty of a past is that someone is ready. <laughs> is that it's a past to someone. For God's sake. This is why you went last. God damn it. <laughs> I'm still recording. <laughs> <laughs>